This is episode 13 of the BTS Creative Academy podcast. It's never too late. In conversation with Alfie Howard. So, uh, what's happening within your life right now? Uh, yeah, so um, at the moment, obviously, you know, previously I've done like, a lot of theatre work, especially in and around Vicky Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just sort of trying to make that push to do more sort of like film and TV stuff, trying to get my foot in the door a little bit. Uh, so I've been sort of striving more to do that, trying a little bit harder. So I've got a couple of friends who sort of have a lot of knowledge of stuff like that. So they've been giving me advice as I go along. Um, so I've been on like websites like Backstage, uh, Star Now and stuff like that, constantly applying, trying to get uh, credits and then hopefully eventually get an agent. Uh, I've recently joined Spotlight, so that's one little accomplishment that I've achieved yeah. from the year, from the start of it. That was like a goal by the end of the year to try and successfully get on there. Um, and I recently, a few months back, I got cast in like a, a web series, which was quite a nice uh, milestone in it all, which I can only say a little bit mm-hmm. about that. But it was quite a lot of fun, yeah. So you're an actor? Yeah. Yes. Um, and how, how old are you? I'm 21. You're 21. So uh, how, how long have you been acting for? As long as I can remember. Like, I remember it's a cliche, but I remember when I was in probably like reception. So when I was like four or five mm-hmm. doing our school nativity and I was like a little narrator in that. So always like as far as I can remember, I've always been doing it, always wanted to do it. Yeah. So that was where the love of acting started at, at, at reception at school. Yeah. Like I've always loved films and TV. Like that is pretty much all I do in my spare time. If I'm not mm-hmm. acting or working, I'll just be sitting there watching films and TV so even probably before I actually started doing the acting, I've always had a love of the industry because I've yeah. just always loved films because they're just an escape. So mm-hmm. that's always, yeah, so just always since back then. So how did that take you? So you, you had this love at primary school of, of, um, of doing drama there yeah. and then you've got this love of film. How did that take you into the theatre? So um, I remember... So it's almost like a core member. I remember when I was in year seven, um, like when I first wanted to properly start getting into it, when I saw, sat there and went, this is what I want to do. Year as a seven, career. So that's the beginning of secondary school. Is that yeah, right? yeah, so um, we was doing, it was our end of year, like summer production. And as like pretty much every young person in theatre, we were doing Bugsy Malone, because um, <laughs> that's the go-to. And we were doing it at the Playhouse. Um, so like quite a relatively big venue. Mm-hmm. And we performed that, and so that was a load of fun, especially being like a little year seven in front of all those people. It was terrifying, but exhilarating at the same time. And I remember afterwards leaving out through stage door and some random man came up to me and shook my hand and told me how well I'd done. I, ne- I didn't know this man, didn't know his name. And so it was at that moment when he shook my hand, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. That was a real defining moment for you. Yeah, that was probably the moment I sat there and went, yeah, this is, I want to be paid I want to live this is my living this is what I want to do mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder what that so what was that feeling at that time then oh um that, that guy coming up to you shaking your hand saying well done what did you feel like it's it's quite hard to put into words but I'd say the way I felt it's it's like a bit of exhilaration and it's a bit of almost appreciation it's a similar feeling to being appreciated like when you have like a, a 
family member or friend and they just tell you like thank you for doing this if you've given like a present or something like that it was like that but just on a bigger scale because this person had no inclination to do that for me like his day would have been no different had he just walked past me mm -hmm. and so it was quite it was an amazing feeling it just made me feel like what i was supposed to be doing it felt right that that moment of appreciation changed the direction of your the your entire life yeah god knows where i'd have been otherwise mm -hmm. So, so then, so you did, you did this, this, these shows at the Playhouse and did you start to then get into community theatre? Is that, is that kind yeah, of what Yeah, so I started was? doing, um, like all over the place. I'd done some things here. I'd done some things with Harlow, uh, uh, Harlow Theatre Company. Um, just anything I could do just all over, um, was why I just, I just enjoyed doing it because it's, it's fun is what we get to do. We get to play pretend on stage yeah. is what we get to do so it's a lot of fun and it's meeting so many new people all over the place all the time and even if you do this one show with them you've got that bond with this person that you met five weeks prior and you formed this bond and then you leave and you can't imagine your life being different without them yeah so for, for people that don't do this uh this world of say theater community theater and yeah. um and professional theater what to tell me a bit more about that bond that you get because do you, do you get that in a normal workplace in a normal job do you do you find that um um do you uh, find that school i think i think a little bit but not as on so much of a scale as you do with like theater like things like workplace and school you're with those people most of the week like constantly you're with these people say five days out of seven of the week spending hours with them at a time over a span of months, years, even up to like a decade, you could be spending with these people. So you do form those bonds. But with acting, it's a very limited amount of time. You know it's a limited amount of time. Like some shows might rehearse for only four weeks. You're going to know this person for a month, but you still form that bond. You still hate to see them go. Whereas in any other instance, if I met someone at work for four weeks and then they left, it's not going to have as greatly an impact on your life. So I think where you're, you're sort of, you're forced together for four weeks at a time and strip yourself of any barriers that you have, you let it all out, you're emotionally raw on stage with these people, it's hard not to make a bond. Mm -hmm. There's something about working toward like, like a collective goal. Yeah. Isn't there? There's something behind that. Yeah. It's almost like, like soldiers in the barracks sort of thing. You're all together. You're all want the same outcome you're all going to work together you're all going to be helping each other leaning on each other making sure each other are okay especially in those uh like productions that are very emotionally raw like mm -hmm. uh with luna one of your previous guests we've just done enough which is entirely about mental health it's hard not to bond with those people when people are basically representing having a breakdown on stage it's hard not to bond with it's not hard not to watch someone let their heart and soul get ripped apart on stage, crying their eyes out, and then afterwards act like it didn't happen. You have to have that sort of bond with people. Mm. And so, so where did you go next with your with your career so far? So you did you did drama at school. Did you go on to to college or university or drama school or anything? Like that? Yeah, so I went to um I went to Harlow College and did uh, performing arts there, which was a lot of fun. I met a lot of good people, a lot of friends. And then afterwards, I did get into uni, um, and then we went into lockdown. 
And at the time I was dealing with um, some mental health issues, um, which thankfully are on the mend now. And so I sort of, I dropped out of uni due to lockdown and due to my own mental health. And then over the last few years, I sort of took a hiatus from the acting, worked on myself, I lost weight. I sort of got my head straightened out because it was starting to affect my acting as well. There were shows that I couldn't bring myself to do, even though I really want to do them, I love them. And now that I've sorted myself out in like the last year or so, I've started coming back into it and everyone in the community has just really helped me feel welcome. And it is almost like learning to walk again, like coming back into the theatre, especially where I was bigger before, I had a certain type of role that I could play. Whereas now I've sort of broadened it. There's so many other roles I can play. So it is learning all those new steps and getting to know all of the people in the community that I I don't think I had the confidence to be friends with before. Um, I was a very anxious person before. I still am, but it's a lot easier to get over it. There's a lot, I know like the coping mechanisms to help with that now. Okay, do you mind talking a little bit more about those coping mechanisms? And so you, so you went through a period of time where things were a bit a bit tough. Yeah. Um, and, and you managed to bring yourself back out into the world, back into, and you found yourself back in theatre mm. after this period of time of not necessarily being able to do it. Yeah. Um, and how did you do that? Um, I think a lot of it was unlearning some habits that I got myself into. I feel like a lot of it, it does come from being a teenager and stuff like that. You care so much about what other people think. And it's not that I don't care what other people think, because as humans, we naturally do mm-hmm. care what other people say. But it's a lot more for general people, people that are just fleeting by, that are just passing by me, that don't know me not worrying as much about what they think um, and just sort of trying to get that into your head that you've got nothing to be embarrassed by. If this random person that you're never going to see again doesn't like you, who cares? It's the people that are going to be there constantly that it does matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, like, don't put too much pressure on yourself. As long as you're being true to yourself, as long as you're not hurting anyone else and you're happy, that's what matters. And it was just a case of trying to ingrain that into my head. So would you have any advice for someone that's perhaps in one of those dark places now? Yeah, I think, um, so one thing I, I struggle with a lot, it's don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to get that help. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not weak to need help. If anything, you're stronger by getting help because you can admit that there's something wrong. Um, so yeah, it would just be a case of like, no one around you is going to judge you. Anyone that would judge you for those things, they're not worth it. If you're struggling with your mental health, with anything, and you open up to someone and they chastise you for that, what's the point in having that person's not a good person to have in your life, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, don't be afraid to get help. So that's a, re- that's a really, good, uh, really good message. Don't be afraid to get help. Yeah, that's there's nothing really wrong important. with it. Yeah, and, th- and recognising that you're in a, a bad place. Yeah, and, doing and something like breaking that cycle, mm-hmm. almost. So how was so how was how was coming back to acting helped you as well? It's so it's helped me because acting for me personally it's always been a sense of escape for even forty five minutes at a time, two hours at a time, however long it is, I get to put myself aside. I'm not I'm not Alfie for those two hours. Any issues that I'm having in my life, 
they can I can put them on hold. I can, obviously certain issues you can't put on hold, but for the most part, you can sort of look at yourself and go, that can pause for the next two hours. This is what it's important. And um, as we were saying before, you have that bond with all the people around you. It's quite nice. Like even if you aren't able to pause those issues, someone will be there to work it out with you before you go on stage. And then you can go on stage, be this random person for the next two hours. Like me personally, I love playing these comedic roles. So that's always fun to just sort of let go and be silly for two hours is always a lot of fun. Tell me about the the, the support that you've found within when you've been doing a show. Yeah. There's been, you say like you, you might find a, feel nervous, say, before a production. Yeah, yeah, so um, I I always, even to this day, despite how much I do, I still feel so nervous up until the moment I step out on stage and it sort of just washes away. Um, but I think having all of the people around you, pretty much everyone is feeling the same thing. Everyone feels nervous, even probably like Oscar-winning actors all feel nervous to an extent. No one's got that sense of structure where they just do it and don't care even the slightest. Mm-hmm. So that's one bit that helps knowing that you're not alone. Everyone else is also absolutely bricking it right now. Um, and as as we were talking about having a bond, these people all, all care about you. They're going to help you. If you show a sign of being nervous, if you tell someone you're nervous, someone will, even if it's as simple as just giving you a hug to make you feel better before going on stage, talking you through the issues, giving you confidence, telling you why you're here because... That's another thing I sort of had to learn to help with the anxiety is you wouldn't be here if you weren't good at it. When you get cast in a show, there's always that sense of imposter syndrome of like, oh, maybe they've cast me just to be nice because they were too polite. But no one's going to do that realistically, especially when they're earning money from it. They're not going to risk losing out on money by casting someone who's not good. Um, And it's just when people tell you that, if you're feeling nervous, someone will tell you that if you're if they know you're feeling nervous they will give you that reassurance which is always so nice and really helpful before you go back out on stage and I, and I think you touched on it there as well that the the nerves mean you care yeah yeah the nerves yeah. mean it's something that's important to you absolutely um and when you realize that i think sometimes you could well me i if, if i'm acting I I will take those nerves, which I feel terribly, you know, yeah. before uh, before I step out onto the stage. The nerves are eating me up and taking control of my entire body. But once I step out in front of the audience, I take those nerves and and channel them into the care for what I'm doing. Yeah, it and helps you focus. More. It helps, and the focus becomes channeled and. It, it drives you into. It drives me. I don't know if it's the same for you. It drives you into a state of like flow. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it helps. It's almost like a pushing force behind you. It's just keeping you going. Like, your brain can't stop and do something wrong. It almost goes into auto mode. Like, it just... Your brain knows what it's doing. You can almost take a step back and just go... Absolutely, just... So no matter how bad those feelings of nerves may be, they're important to have. They're a good thing, yeah. Mm. So, um... So yeah, so stepping away from so you got your world of you got your world of theatre that you've been doing for quite a while now, and uh, we started this conversation where you said you're starting to go on like websites and looking for jobs and yeah, you, are you looking to to move into the world of film now? That that would be so. I've always loved theatre. I'll always come back to theatre. But yeah, I would like to take that step into like the world of film and TV because, as I said before, I even probably knew what theatre acting was. 
I was always watching films and TVs. They were my form of escape. Some people play video games, some people write, some people read. For me, it was just sitting there and watching people pretend to be other people. Um, and for me, I've always felt that theatre, any form of acting, it can be used to help people. Like, as I said, for me, it was a sense of escape. If I ever felt sad, put on a funny film. If I'm feeling angry, put on a film that will, like, put on my favourite film that will make me feel better. Um, and I feel like film and TV, where it was such a big part for me, and it does have that big reach, I would like to be able to help other people as well, because I have such an appreciation where it's helped me. It'd be nice to then put that back out into the world to be able to help other people in the way that I've been helped. Mm, that's that's really interesting. Tell me tell me more about that that giving back through doing the through doing acting. Yeah, so um, like I've always felt everyone to an extent like, likes film and TV. Um, there's very few people in the world that don't watch it, don't enjoy it. Um, and even if you don't enjoy it, you're you're getting something out of it. You might watch something that makes you really sad like people have had it before I've had it before certainly where I've watched something and it's resonated with me for something I'm going through in real life and I might even if you've had like I've had an argument with my mum and I've watched something where someone's had an argument with their mum and watching that's made me go oh I see where I've gone wrong and I phoned my mum and apologised um so I would just like to be able to give those changes that help for people help people get over certain issues especially through comedy, that's where I've always felt at home, is making other people laugh. Um, and I feel like if you can make someone laugh, that's one step closer to someone feeling a little bit better, even if it's just temporary. When you're laughing, when you're finding something funny, it is very hard. Like, you forget, even if it's for a minute while you're laughing at a joke, you forget about your issues for that minute because you're concentrating on laughing. And so that's what I would like to do, ideally. So you're pursuing you're pursuing comedy. That's that would be the ideal end goal. I do I love all forms of acting, but I've always been naturally into comedy. I've always felt that I'm a naturally funny person. I spend most of my days joking about anything and everything, um, and I just I like I love bringing that positive attitude at at where I work. Um, we can have like a twelve hour long day for a shift. And I just want to keep up the positive vibe, vibes because that's that's the point of life. The point of life is to enjoy yourself and be fun. That's how I enjoy myself. And I like to think that I'm helping other people enjoy themselves because it can be quite daunting sitting for 12 hours doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I like to think if I can bring that change, make people laugh, make people pretty much unable to breathe from laughing, I'm just making that day a little bit better. And that's what makes me feel good at the end of the night. Where do you think that comes from within you to to want to help people feel better? I think I think part of it is where I have needed to feel better in the past. So it's like I can't always help myself, but I can at least try to help others. Um, and I think another part of it comes from growing up. Um, growing up, it was pretty much just me and my mum and my sisters. Uh, so my father was never in the picture growing up. So I've seen my mum be sad, I've seen my sisters be sad, they've seen me be sad, and they will always, they're not as funny as me, obviously, but um, <laughs> they will always help cheer me up, they'll always make me laugh. And so I think part of it is just in my genes from the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I've always felt, like even in my darkest moments, even when I felt my absolute worst, 
I've always wanted to try and be happy, regardless of whether I can or not. It's always been at the back of my mind that I want to be happy. I want to laugh right now, no matter how hard it is. So I think that's where it, it comes really? from. So, so you're, you're in the early days of your career. Yeah. What is the, the plan for pushing the acting career forward? Because obviously, you know, you know, acting is a, is a tough career yeah. to pursue. Absolutely. Um, I'm nearly 40 and I started out kind of pursuing it at the same sort of age as you were. Yeah. Um, and it's had highs and it's lows. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, there's not a definitive path. No, it is all over the place. Yeah. So, but, but what's your, how, how are you going to find a path in this, in this world? So what I've been doing, especially over this past year of properly trying to do it professionally, trying to make it a career that I can hopefully one day live off of and not need a second job. Um, I've had little milestones that I'd ideally like to, to hit. Um, so for the upcoming year, um, so for the rest of this year and going on to next year, I would vet out, I'd like to get an agent, is what I'd like to do. Now that I'm on Spotlight, I've just got new headshots done, I'm going to start applying to agents, just keep applying and hoping and praying that one of them says yes to me and takes me on, uh, whilst also independently applying for jobs, because there's only so much that just sitting and waiting for someone else to do it can, can mm-hmm. do. And at the moment, I've started to try doing some writing, and I would like to continue to pursue that more, because... I've always been under the adage for me personally that if you're not getting the work, try to make the work for yourself. It's like a lot of um like one of my idols is Simon Pegg, for instance, and he some of his biggest breaks were from his own writing. Like he started writing Space, he started writing Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And um it might not always work, but at least in like thirty, forty years I can maybe sit there and go I did my best, I tried, and that's what matters to me. Yeah. As long as I try, regardless of fail or winning, um, obviously, ideally, I don't want to fail. But even if I did fail, at least I can say, I tried, mm-hmm. I did my best. Yeah, and I think that's really important to, to you know, at, within this industry, it's important to have an agent, someone yeah. that's going to represent you and look for work for you. And someone that has all of those contacts that I don't necessarily have. Exactly. Um, if I can give any advice on that, which I'd like to, um, is, yeah, it's important that for you to do the outreach. Yeah. Um, but And let them agents know that you exist, that you're out there. Yeah. But they're not going to necessarily want to represent you just because you're good looking, yeah. <laughs> just because you're talented. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's extremely important as well. You can be the most talented person in the world, but that won't mean anything to an agent. Uh, what an agent wants to know is, will you get work? Exactly. Will you bring them money in? Because yeah. <laughs> that's their job. They want to they earn a living. Yeah. Um, and so... I think I think you're right in saying that you know looking at someone like Simon Pegg and how he yeah. how he pursued his career is a really good idea that make people come to you. Yeah. Yeah. Create create the work yourself. Um, do your own writing. Put yeah. yourself in your own plays or in your own films. Yeah. And uh, invite the agents along to those things and exactly. make them aware of that that you're someone that put yourself in front of them. Say, look, I'm here. This is, this, this is this is the space to watch. This is this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. Rather than I'm talented and I look like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because there's only so much that writing a cover letter to someone, writing an email saying, oh, I promise I'm really good. There's only so much that, there's only so far that can take you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's re- that's really good. It seems like that, that you've got a that you've got a a good plan. Yeah. Um, so what's next for executing on that plan? Um, so currently there's so yeah, I've just recently got a new headshots, got them updated, um, and I'm also planning on organising. There's a little company now called the Voice Real Company, so I'm gonna get a voice acting reel started because that's a a good way of trying to earn money and stuff like that is through voice acting if you can if you can do it because there might not always be portfolio as well and exactly yeah it helps strengthen everything it helps say look at all of these other things that i can do i'm not just screen acting look i can do all of this um so yeah i'm gonna get a voice real sorted because i don't have a professional microphone or anything like that and it is just better if it sounds professional rather than this has been recorded on a phone um getting that sorted then I've got a list of agents currently that I want to ideally apply for and then reserves afterwards that I will also apply to but there's some that based on their previous clientele base that they will be able to help me get the path of the career that I want um because I'm not particularly I'm not like I like musical theatre but I can't see myself doing that as a full-time career um so there's no use for me applying to those agents because they're not going to help me be who I want to be um so it's about applying to them if I get into them brilliant if I don't working through the list applying to others working on myself at the exact same time giving them more so that if I get through the whole list all of them say no I can just start right back at the top Mm -hmm. and try again like look how much I've changed since you last spoke to me is this any better? Is the the plan that I want to go with at the moment? The other thing with working through the list um, that I would say, and agents probably won't like me saying this bit, but the other bit of advice I'd like to to give you there is um, I've noticed more and more that agencies say we only accept an email yeah. only to this address. Um, we won't be soliciting any contact in other, any other form. However, my most success from me getting an agent has been ignoring yeah. their structure and how they want stuff. Um, because take it from this perspective again, that that they get a thousand emails a year yeah. and that they can stick it all in a, in a folder in their email box, new applicants. Yeah. And then they can go through that when they're ready. I've found it works better for me and it costs you a bit of money sending them my photo and my letter through the post that yeah. they've had to open it they've had to look at it yeah. they've had to take a moment to go no or yeah. yes rather than being stuck in a junk folder yeah and it also shows the initiative i think as well like rather than you're not following the stat the status quo you're mm-hmm. going i'm different here look at this and then they actually do have to yeah take that into because they will, there will be you are up against thousands thousands yeah there's so many people you know. in this industry that so want yeah. the exact same thing so for them of course they want it to go into a little folder and be neat and tidy yeah, it's easier for them yeah. it's easier for them but if they pull out your face and they see what you're doing in their hands there in that moment they yeah. can make a decision yeah and it, yeah that's, that's fine if the decision is no but it's giving you that extra um, but it's giving chance. you rather than not being seen at all rather than that email just completely disappearing yeah um i do send emails as well when i've seen 
seek to, uh, an agent. Um, where where are you looking for an agent at the moment? Because so when I very first started doing this, there used to be a book that yeah. used to buy called Contacts. Yeah, um, that used to be uh, similar, like like this big. Yeah, um, and it just used to be filled out with all the agencies' names, address, and emails. Um, basically, the actors' yellow pages. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Um, so, where is it these days you look for an agent? So, a lot of the ones I get is from like contacts I have, like this network that I've built up. Because a lot of acting is networking, so people that. I'm friends with people that I've worked with on other productions. We're, like Everyone's always exchanging their Instagrams nowadays and I'll see who they're represented by. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have a little look, see what type of people they've hired. Is there anyone that I've worked with before? Anyone that I recognise? What sort of stuff they're doing? Oh, this seems like a good one. I'll add it to the list. Um, and I've got a friend that went to drama school and she was literally given a whole list of these are sort of agents because she's also quite comedy savvy these are a list of agents that will be quite good for her and so she sort of let me have a look at that list and I've gone through and sort of gone oh I like that one they feel like the type of comedy that I want to do oh this one's a bit more comedy in terms of musicals which is not as me as much so it's yeah mainly through contacts but also a little bit of googling and ones that I know like even if it's as simple as if there's like a celebrity whose work I quite admire, some like someone I would look up to, someone I would like to be like, who represents them, and having a look through their contact list and going along that is always where I get them from normally. A great place to look is actually IMDb. Yeah. If you sign up, sign up to IMDb Pro, on there you can go into an actor um, yeah. and you can see who their, who their agent is, okay. what agency they're with, um, and you could even take that down to that you can do that with the with the people high up like Simon Pegg, yeah. or you could take that down to someone that's say in EastEnders, yeah. and you can see all of their contact details. Okay. Um, you do have to pay for that IMDb Pro, yeah. um, but that can be a good way to com- You know, if you're really trying to target people that represent people like yourself, that can be a really good way to find out yeah. who it is that is representing them and who it is driving their careers. Yeah. I'll certainly give that a go, yeah. Yeah. But I would say overall, though, more so than getting an agent is important for driving your career, you are the person that's that's got to drive this. Yeah. Um, so are there any projects coming up in the future? Um, so currently, so as I said before, like a few months ago, uh, I was cast in a like a web series, like a TV show sort of thing, which was a lot of fun to, a lot of fun to do. Um and that itself had the highs and lows of acting. So I initially auditioned for it ages ago. I think it was like maybe February or March. Um, auditioned for a specific role. And about three weeks later, after a lot of deliberating, I didn't get the part, which was quite, it was quite sad. You do have to have quite a thick skin in this industry because otherwise you will drop out immediately after being told one no. You can't take it personally. No, no, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that they don't like you. It's just... You're not what they're looking well, for. Could have, there's, there's just too many factors involved exactly. with a casting decision yeah. to go, it's me. Yeah. I do think you can learn things yeah. from a bad audition or an audition not going right or not getting the part. Yeah. There are things you can take away Absolutely. and build on. But it isn't a me personally, 
yeah. I'm not like. Yeah, so this one, it was, it was quite good. They were, they were very well at communicating mm-hmm. um, with everything. So the, the issue that came from it is obviously I'm quite a tall person. And the part they were looking at initially casting me for, the other two actors I'd have been on screen for, the, the two people that they wanted for that were a lot shorter than me and we were supposed to be the same age. And they said it would have looked so strange and peculiar on camera. Um, so that was why they sort of had to go in another direction with it because it's obviously it's easier to recast one person rather than two people. And then fast forward like a month or so, I get a phone call from one of the producers and he says, oh, hi, Alfie, hope you're doing well. There's another part that we'd potentially like to put you in for. Would you be up for it? So obviously at this point, I've already gone through the getting excited for this opportunity and then having it taken away. So I was like, yeah, didn't get my hopes up. And it did. It felt like something out of a film. So myself and my partner, we were on holiday in Disney. And on our last day, we were getting ready for the airport and I get a phone call from an unknown number. And I answer it and it's another producer and the director confirming, like, we want you to do it. Do you want to do it? Yes, I do. And they sent me over the details and I got to do it. It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was certainly a different experience. I got to film a fight scene on camera, which was quite a lot of fun. Like I've only ever done stage combat, which is obviously, they share a lot of similarities, but there are differences, but it was a, it was a great experience. So I'd certainly like to do more of that. Um, and in terms of upcoming projects, got two upcoming plays that I'm doing so I'm doing a a one-act play with a a writer-director called Mark Edwards which is quite an interesting piece I'm only in one scene but it's quite it's quite a nice piece it's not funny it's quite a dramatic scene Um, I'm not entirely sure how much I can say in regards to it but basically the, the general synopsis of the play is there's a gentleman and he's moved into this community and they're all sort of like older women who are surrounding not the normal people he'd hang out with and he sort of becomes friends with them. And so my character in it, I play a truck driver who gets quite aggressive towards him, which is quite fun. It's nice to show aggression on stage. I don't really get to do it that often. I've had maybe one other opportunity where I got to do that. And then the next one that's coming up, it's the same writer-director with Harlow Theatre Company, their their Harlow Fringe. Um, So it's a play called Joined by War, and it's about the Battle of Somme. And it's a very interesting play. So it's basically uh, this group of soldiers and this new 17-year-old lad gets brought in, and he's very much like, yeah, I want to fight, I want to go kill some people. And the other soldiers are very much, they're all more experienced, they're very much calmed down. It's not all as glamorous as these magazines make it look. Um, so my character in that is quite a complex role that I'm very excited to start rehearsing for. So I play a soldier that has previously fought in the war and he's starting to show signs of PTSD. Um, but he still puts on this front of, no, I'm, I'm a big, tough soldier. I'm like, I don't need you lot to take pity on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. He talks about previous experience in the war, being at the, um, I think everyone knows about it, the, um, I can't remember the year, but when the Germans and the English stopped fighting on Christmas Day and they played football together, and I start talking about that, it's, it's very good. I like 
plays like that that are based on real events because you can do your own research, you can really get into it. But equally, I also love doing the, the made-up stuff because you can let your imagination go wild. You can come up with whatever you want. You're not restricted. But yeah, they're the, the two upcoming projects I've got. Tell me a little bit about the... You said you have excitement for this production. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd like to t touch back a bit on the, the, the mental health that, that you brought up earlier. And that excitement is a really positive thing to have, isn't it, within your yeah. life? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So, um, yeah, I think a lot with, with the acting is there's always something around the corner. Like, you're, it's very unlikely that you're at a stopping point, you're at the end. Like, even if you've, even if you probably, like, someone could get cast in a major feature film, there's something else that could be coming up in the next year or so that's going to be better than that, bigger than that, on the same level as that. Um, so it, it's constant excitement, it's constantly something to look forward to. So, um... Even in those moments when I've felt at my absolute lowest and I've thought, can I go on? What's the point in going on? There's always something to look forward to when it comes to acting. You can always sit there and go, oh, but I've got this production coming up or I've got this audition to go to. And you forget about, well, me personally, I forget about the issues I'm having for that moment because I then start to look forward to the future and I think that's what a lot of us do. We all look forward to the future, especially in this day and age where the world is quite a dire place. Like, everyone's having issues right now with money, with family, with their health. It's always good to try and look forward to something brighter that's coming because if we don't look forward to something that's bright, brighter that's coming, we're all going to be so... Just, we're going to be so sad. No one's going to want to do anything. We're all going to just lay at home in bed in the darkness. Until... So do you, do you have any advice for someone that, that feels like there maybe isn't something coming around the corner? Like, so uh, you, you, you seem to have had quite good luck with, with roles coming like one after the other and things to look forward to. Yeah. But, but what happens if there's a period of time when there isn't necessarily something around the corner? Yeah, so, um, so like during, during COVID, it very much felt like that I think a lot of people that are in the acting community had that moment of sitting there going this could be just the end of all creativity like I might just have to find something new to to go with and start again which is a very terrifying thought to have that you might just have to start back from scratch find something new that you're so naturally skilled at um and what I'd say to people it's nothing like it will always something good will always come it's almost it's the wrong phrase because this is about death but there is always a light at the end of the tunnel there is always something to look forward to you might not see it yet but if you just hold on a little bit longer something will show even if it's a slight little glimmer of hope something will eventually show and it's just about working towards that it could be 20 years in the future it could be an hour away something might happen but something will eventually happen it's not going to be crap for this long um there are people that spend so many years having not the life that they want it will eventually happen look at uh samuel jackson he was in his 40s i believe when he got his first break uh, morgan freeman was quite late into it when he got his big break and they're at the point where they are in their lives now they probably spent a lot of their life sitting there going, maybe I should, maybe I should give up on acting. Maybe, maybe it's not for me. 
but they held out that hope and eventually what they wanted came. And I think that is a thing that will happen for everyone. It's all about trying to have a positive mindset. I've always been a firm believer that if you have that sort of negative mindset, something will happen negative. If you sit there and go, oh, I'm not gonna get that part, you've automatically made it more likely that you're not gonna get that part. Um, not to say that sitting there and going, I'm gonna get this part means you're gonna get it. You don't wanna, don't put all of your, uh, all of your hope onto that one thing. You still need to try mm. as, as a person. But if you think positively about it, if you do in your head think, I'm, I'm going to get this, I'm going to nail this audition, you're going to go in there and nail this audition because you're not doubting yourself. And the people watching you, they will be able to feel that. It will resonate off of you that, oh, this person has a lot of confidence. Oh, this person really does think that they can play this role. And I believe them, mm-hmm. which is a, a lot. So of in, in, you're in the early days of your career right now. Yeah. So what does success look like to you? For me right now, at basically at the end of my my long, hopefully long life, um, <laughs> I would like to look back on my time and say that I at least had an effect. I would like to leave my mark on the world. Um, I don't necessarily, like some people do go into acting, they want to be famous, they don't care about that. I want to have affected at least a handful of people in my life with my craft. Um and I would like to, sooner rather than later, not at the end of my life, I'd like to be able to live my career as an actor. I don't want to have to have a side job. Obviously, that's a lot of what actors deal with. A lot, Pretty much every actor has to have a side job to do. I'm quite fortunate in the fact that my side job is sort of to do with acting. I work in an escape room, so it's kind of a little bit acty. That's how I make myself feel better about it is yeah. it's kind of like acting I'm not being myself I'm you playing a character channel, channel certain skills exactly and it's yeah. and it's almost like a character study working in the escape rooms because I spend an hour at a time watching people I've never met before on cameras solving puzzles and it's such a, a mental environment to throw people into because some people ha- laugh at the funniest things random things happen some people argue and anyone can do an escape room. So you get to see so many types of people. But it's not what I want to do forever. I would love it if my job could be wake up in the morning, go and film, go and rehearse, finish the day, come home, apply for more things, do a bit of writing, and then just do that for the rest of my life would be ideal to me. And that's hopefully one day what we can all achieve. That sounds like good, positive goal to have hmm. uh, and I really do wish you like all the best Thank with you. that is there is there any uh, any lasting words of advice that you could give other young actors that are starting out to to help them be as positive as you are with this outlook of their career yeah um I think one piece of advice is just just keep trying keep thriving keep pursuing anything and everything that you can can take every opportunity in your stride but equally every I think everything happens for a reason if you don't get a part if you if you miss an email and don't get an audition it wasn't meant to be don't beat yourself up over it because the likelihood is you will get an opportunity again if you got it in the first place you were good enough to get in the first place 
you're probably going to get it again is probably to just constantly look even if you don't have a positive mindset look for the positive mindset even if it's something as small as well i got it in the first place well i really appreciate you being on this morning thank you very very much for having me appreciate your time thank you very much thank you very much thank you i'm truly grateful to my guests for joining me today and sharing if you would like to find out more about my guests you can do so in the description below and as always i'm grateful to you the listener and the watcher and so as we continue on this journey of creative exploration together on the BTS Creative Academy podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe.